0: So yeah. my goal with this podcast is to not ask you about Airbnb. So Ooh, I if love your it. fans are listening. I love to it. This, this is out. not going to be about Airbnb. It's over. Yeah, it's
1: over. It's going to be total whack job over yeah. here.
0: Okay. So I want to start off with you as a entrepreneur. Okay. Right. So I know obviously you have your Airbnb mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. You have what other businesses and investments are you doing besides Airbnb? Okay.
1: Um, that there's a lot there. Okay. Um, I'm okay. there's a lot to unpack okay. there. So I've got my Airbnb business. Um, I've got YouTube and content, mm-hmm. not necessarily a business, but it feeds the businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I have got host camp, my short-term rental education program, education basically. Mm-hmm. And then I've just partnered up with a couple of my students who launched a property management company called blue gems. Uh-huh. So now I have a property management company. Okay. Um, and then I'm working on launching STR COSEG, which is a cost segregation service for short-term really? rentals. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's kind of new. Yeah. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that because I haven't <laughs> technically signed the contract, but ah. all press is good. press. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then is there probably anything else? No, I don't think so. No?
0: Okay. But I think you, you said you do some crypto investing, do, you do, do. stocks or anything I, else? Um not really. So I I was
1: like for a long time felt very dumb for not doing stocks and then yeah. actually one time Ryan Paneda, you know, you yeah. know him? Okay. I think I do. So yeah. he like said on his YouTube video he's like, "I'll never invest in stocks cuz it's dumb and I make way more money in real estate with yeah. returns." And I was like, "Finally, someone gets it." Um so I don't have too much money in stocks. Yeah. I probably have like 100k in okay. stocks.
0: Um in <laughs> crypto. Too much money. I mean, 400K, yeah. relative to <laughs> yeah. other investments yeah. or whatever, I
1: probably have more in crypto and in watches than I do in stocks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Crypto, that is, pro- I mean, initially it was like 400K. Now yeah. it's probably, you know, closer to like, yeah. to like 150 to 200. Uh-huh. You know, good old bull run. Um, <laughs> And yeah, but most of my investing these days really is going back into real estate. Yeah.
0: And I don't want to ask you the typical question like where did you start off because mm-hmm. i don't want to go into all of that but even you I saying get into all these numbers like w- like how did you start off as an entrepreneur
1: yeah okay so here's a story that i don't tell all that often um and so this you get the this is the exclusive here there you go it's breaking on uh, the wealthy investor. way wealthy investor <laughs> damn Ooh, dang it row built is that <laughs> yeah. you uh, okay i'm just getting you back uh, the wealthy investor podcast um so My parents were both immigrants. My dad was a doctor in Mexico and they were obviously going to have a pretty good life there. Mm -hmm. And they decided that they wanted to move to America like, you know, a couple years into his job. And so my sister was born there. My other sister was born here. um, I was born here in America, but it was always really interesting and very difficult because my parents gave up really good jobs in like the promise of a good life in Mexico for us. And when my dad moved here, he was not able to get like transfer his MD over Mm -hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons. Like the licensing is just difficult. He only spoke Spanish. He actually took the test a couple of times and he failed it. And it was really expensive for him to do that, to Mm -hmm. keep doing it over and over again. So, um, so yeah, he basically just went on to work in like clinics and, you know, medical offices and stuff. And he always made minimum wage. And as the restrictions and certifications in the medical industry got more difficult, he just kind of got phased out of the industry. So it was always really hard to see my dad be the smartest guy that I'd ever known and really just working his butt off to, to provide for us and not making what he deserved. Wow. And so I remember towards the end of his career he was like, you know, I think he was making $40,000 or something, you know? And he was like, I did it, you know, like I'm finally making real money. And, uh, my whole life, I just saw that. And my mom also, uh, you know, she had a good job. She picked up a good job here in America. And I remember one time I came home and she was crying at the table and I was like, what's wrong? and uh, this was back in the day whenever you still, you paid per text. Yeah. And I texted my now wife so many times that I racked up like $500 of, of like extra bill mm-hmm. on AT&T. And I remember thinking like, man, I, I felt so bad because she was destroyed at this like $500 expense. And I was like, I got to change this for my family. Yeah, Like, you know, I never, I never want my family to, to feel like we don't have enough or to feel like we're not you know, providing for the next generation. So I had seen them try to do real estate for a long time. They had some successes. They flipped a couple of houses and then they had one that they bought at auction, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there's some, some things that you should know before you buy a house at auction. But basically they bought like, I think the liens of a house or something. So they spent like a hundred K, which was, I think everything they had. And then the house basically got taken away from them. Like six months in after the owner took it back, they didn't get any of their money back. but I'd always seen their miniature successes throughout that. And then once they failed at that particular thing, they stopped investing in real estate. Mm. And so I always just kind of felt like it was my job to pick up
0: where they left off. Really? Yeah. And how old were you when you decided that?
1: Um, whole, my whole life I wanted that, but like the real estate thing, um, I had just seen that like in my teens. So I would say like anywhere from like the, 12 to 15. Wow. It's kind of where I was like, I just want like, they couldn't do it. And it's because of the, the, they were working, they were Mm. working full time. They were working several jobs. Yeah. At one point, my dad was, you know, uh, working as a medical assistant. And then at night he was cleaning like office buildings and stuff like that. Wow! So I'd always seen them doing all these side hustles. Um, so I just knew that I always wanted to like, make sure that I could retire them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they are retired now. Mm. And now I, you know, I'm able to give them some money for my real estate stuff. You retired so. them? Um, they retired on their own. Okay, okay, okay. But now they have like extra, like now we don't have to worry about where the money comes from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah.
0: All right, before we get back into entrepreneurship, what are some lessons that you learn from your mom and dad that you hold with you today and some that you want to teach your own children?
1: You know, I would I'd probably never be too proud to do what you have to do to provide for your family. Like that's like the, the thing, like it's really hard now because as an entrepreneur, relatively successful, I got a team to do things for me. Yeah. So oftentimes it's very, very tempting to delegate everything and to feel very proud that, you know, to be prideful in the sense like, oh, I don't have to do that. I have a team that does that, which is good business, right? That's how it should be. But I think for me, I'm like always down to kind of do the dirty work and I'm not scared to do that. Mm -hmm. And I really try to keep myself in check and kind of step in and do like little menial tasks. Like my assistant, I do so, (laughs) she does everything for me, but like, there are so many things I don't even bother her with where I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to bother her with that. I'll do this little annoying task or whatever. So, but with that said, she does a great job. Um, I just step in and and do a lot. So I'm never, I try not to be too proud to do
0: like $1 tasks, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, so obviously, you know, you started off doing Airbnb and you were, you know, crushing it. When did you realize that you wanted to do more than just Airbnb?
1: Yeah. So I was not making a ton of money. I was an advertising copywriter. Uh And so my first job, I think I was making like 40 grand Yeah, and my wife was nannying and, you know, 40 grand seemed like a lot. It was the most I'd ever made. Yeah. But after like a thousand dollars in our mortgage, a thousand dollars in credit card debt, a thousand dollars in student loans. Yeah. We really had less than a thousand dollars left every month. Yeah. And so I was always like finding side hustles. I actually Mm -hmm. remember I saw like I always wanted a pipe coffee table, like, you know, like wood on the top and then like pipe legs and stuff. And it was on Etsy for like 800 bucks. And I was like, I'm not going to pay $800 for this. (laughs) I'm just going to make it. So I made it and I remember I brought it out from the basement and, uh, my wife was like hanging out with all her friends and they were like, you, you made this. And I was like, yeah, I made this. They're like, it's actually really good. And so I actually ended up making furniture for like two years. That's crazy. um, On, on top of just my full-time job, like I'd get home, hang out with my wife. She woke up at like five or six in the morning. So she always went to bed at nine. Mm -hmm. So I'd go in my basement from like 9am to like, sorry, 9pm to 2am and make furniture and sell it on Etsy and stuff. Hmm. Um, and so I was always like picking up side hustles, but I remember we moved to LA, and uh, we were paying about <laughs> it was about the size of this hotel room actually, about one thousand eight hundred mm-hmm. and fifty bucks, and for a six hundred and sixty square foot apartment. And That's I was wasting. just like, yeah. I was like, you know, always having little side hustles and trying to flip little things on Craigslist, whatever, right? And uh, I just remember being like there has to be another way to make money, you Uh know? And I had heard about this website where you could list your apartment on it and then strangers would pay you money to to sleep in there. And obviously it's Airbnb. Uh And so I pitched my wife, um, on this idea. I was like, Hey, I'm tired of living here. Let's go buy a house in LA. She's like, can we afford that? I was like, definitely not, but we will figure something out. I was like, there's a house. It's 624,000 bucks. There's a little studio apartment underneath like 279 square feet to be exact. And I was like, I think if we rent that out on Airbnb, it would be like two, two, three thousand bucks that we would make on it. And then if we, instead of breaking this lease, put this on Airbnb, Mm -hmm. um, we'll make like one to $2,000 a month. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, no, definitely not. But we got to try it. And so I remember I listed my first apartment on Airbnb. This is like the wild, Wild West days, five years ago, really. Uh, Actually, the Wild West was like 10, but five years ago was a whole different time. And, uh, I remember the first reservation came in, like it was not nice. And it came in at like 1400 bucks. And I was like, wow, like my mortgages or my note on this is 1,850 bucks. And I have two weeks left to make a profit. This was like crazy to me. And so I was like, okay, this I'm going to do it. And then like, he was supposed to check in, cancels. And I'm like, I'm just like, I will never financially recover from this. Uh, And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? I was like, I have to pay this rent. And my mortgage is like this house that I just bought is about to come due. And then like an hour later or something like that, another reservation comes in for fifteen hundred bucks bigger. And I was like, I think things are going to be okay. And so I go on to buy the house that I'm talking about. And then that first reservation was like 1500 bucks too. Yeah. And I go on to make like two to $3,000 a month from that. So obviously the wheels are turning because I'm like, if I do this 10 times, yeah, I can make like $10,000 a month.
0: That's how I, and I thought the same. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that aha moment for me was kind of when I was mm-hmm. like, I can do, I can do more things than, yeah. than, than advertising, which I really liked at the time, by the way. Yeah.